Welcome to the Nature Matters podcast. I'm Christopher McAteer, campaigner with the RSPB and member of Nature Matters NI, a joint campaign of environmental groups in Northern Ireland, working on the best Brexit outcomes for nature. In this series, we'll be exploring some of the amazing natural heritage in Northern Ireland, speaking to the people working to protect it and immersing ourselves in breathtaking landscapes. We'll also be talking about the risks and opportunities that Brexit has created for our environment and how we can all get involved in shaping a better future for nature. Today, I'm off to a very special place in Mid-Ulster, Drumnyaf Wood. It's an ancient woodland just a few miles north of Makarrah and it's managed by the Woodland Trust, the UK's leading woodland conservation charity and one of the partner organisations of Nature Matters NI. I've never visited Drumnyaf before. In fact, I'm not sure I've been to many ancient woodlands before either. So I'm looking forward to finding out why Drumnyaf is such a special place for the Woodland Trust. I'm also interested in what exactly makes an ancient woodland. I'll be meeting with Michael Topping, an outreach advisor with the Woodland Trust, and my guide to Drumnyaf today. I want to speak with Michael about the history of the woodland and what the Trust is doing to preserve its unique habitat. I'll also be speaking with Gronya Matthews, Government Affairs Officer with the Trust, to understand some of the policy threats posed to ancient woodlands in Northern Ireland, and how we can all advocate for stronger woodland protection in the context of Brexit. Drumnyaf Wood was the first ancient woodland purchased by the Woodland Trust in Northern Ireland, and it remains one of the finest examples of an ancient woodland in the province. Located just north of Makarrah, it covers an area of around 17 hectares and boasts a complex mosaic of habitats, including meadows, wetland and broad-leaved woodland. This now small wood is one of the few remnants of the Great Calitra Forest, a vast, ancient forest that once stretched from the shores of Loch Ney all the way to Coleraine, through some 30 miles of dense oak woodland. Much of Calitra was felled toward the end of the 16th century, to fuel the subsequent plantation of Ulster by English and Scottish settlers. And so, by the end of the 17th century, Galitra was all but disappeared from the mid-Ulster landscape, with only a few isolated and obscure pockets of woodland remaining. Drumnyaf is one of these, and today it stands as a quiet reminder of the densely wooded landscapes that dominated the island of Ireland from the centuries following the last Ice Age until the Elizabethan era. It is an incredibly rare habitat in Northern Ireland, and one that requires careful management to ensure the flourishing of its rich variety of species. I met with the Woodland Trust's Michael Topping on a gravel path that winds under the broad-leaved trees of Drumnyaf. My name is Michael Topping. I work for the Woodland Trust. My role is Outreach Advisor, which means I basically visit private uh, owners of woodland or potential woodland owners who want to plant new woodlands. So um, time's divided between ancient woodland restoration and woodland creation. I've been doing this for about six months now, but I came out of a project, a four-year project, um, specifically looking at ancient woodland restoration in Northern Ireland, because it's it's a resource and part of our sort of cultural and uh, landscape history that is really overlooked in many ways, and it's incredibly rare in Northern Ireland, uh, much more than 
anywhere else in the British Isles or even in Europe. We've got particularly scarce resource of ancient woodland, so it's really precious. And that's really brought me into the role I'm doing now. Uh, we're, at the minute we're in Drumnyaf woodland, which is just on the outskirts of Makarah. It consists of a central ancient woodland ridge, uh, known as the Ridge of the Stag, which is where the name comes from. And uh, around this ridge of ancient woodland, there were, there is, and there was sort of agricultural fields um, and sort of wetland areas. Uh, since we bought the place, we, we planted up these agricultural fields with new woodlands of, uh, sort of native broadleaves, ash and oak and, and other mixed broadleaf species as a means of protecting the ancient woodland and trying to increasing the habitat. And what kind of variations would, would a visitor here be able to see between the newer woodland and the ancient woodland? Um, with the newer woodland, it tends to be less diverse. Because it was planted on a grassland field, um, after 20 years it's still largely a grassland field with trees planted in it. So it, it, in some ways it couldn't really be called a woodland, it's just a field of trees at the minute. Um, when it comes to ancient woodland, we don't actually know if it's possible to recreate what we have in the part we're in right now. When it comes to planting new woodlands, um, because of uh, changes in climate over hundreds of years and all the complex processes that go into how these woodlands have formed, um, we don't know if we could develop that diversity in a new woodland. But the best thing we can do is try. And uh, by, even though they're less diverse, these younger woodlands, they also they do create a bit of a uh, protection to the older woodlands um, from the likes of agricultural chemicals, ammonia in the air, um, pesticide uh, spray drift, things like that. So um, they're important for that reason and they will get more diverse as they grow older, as the trees mature and there becomes a, a greater diversity in the different uh, ages and, and species. You will get a, a greater diversity of wildlife there as well. Could you go through some of the different trees that you would find uh, in this ancient woodland? Yeah, in Drumnyaf, it's uh, it's dominated by hazel. Um, so hazel is actually more of a shrub tree rather than a canopy tree. Um, typically, you would have a canopy of oak uh, and ash in uh, a woodland like this, but I think a lot of the, the mature trees have been taken out historically. So we have maybe about uh, roughly about a dozen mature oaks throughout here, but it is largely a hillside of uh, dominance of, of hazel. But there are also elements of rowan, hawthorn, ash, there's holly also in the understory um, and then when you get down to the field layer or the sort of the grassy level um, you have likes of Herb Robert, Bluebell, Sanicle, Wood Anemone, the sort of these are sort of like the uh, the classic sort of the hit list of ancient woodland species I'm sort of going through and I can see most of them from where I'm sitting here. And what kind of age are some of the uh, mature oaks? Would they be the oldest trees you would find in this woodland? Uh, they would be, yeah. They're probably only, they could only be a couple of hundred years old, maybe 300. Um, that doesn't mean the woodland's 300 years old. In fact, the woodland's probably a lot older than any of the plants that are actually in it. But the fact that it's been a continuous ecosystem for, for generation after generation means that it is ancient. So an ancient woodland doesn't actually have to have ancient species in it or ancient features such as, you know, a 500 year old tree. But as long as it's been a woodland for since at least 1600, then we would be uh, happy to classify it as ancient. Michael told me that he wanted to show me one of the most impressive oak trees in Drumnyath, known as McCartney's oak. It is believed that the oak provided shelter to a local grazier who lived in the wood during the summer months in the mid-1800s. Michael led me off the gravel path, 
and onto a rough trail through the wood, which was quickly lost in the spreading green of vegetation. The trees, which had lined the gravel path before, now drew in around us, making it easy to lose one's sense of direction. The unusual dryness and heat of the month made the understory crunch underfoot, and the snap of a crisp branch would send a flutter of unseen wings in the canopy above. So Michael, can you tell me about the different signs of an ancient woodland? Because I wouldn't really know how to tell one woodland from another, really. How can you see here that this is an ancient woodland rather than something new? Yeah, well, first of all, um, you want to look at the tree species to begin with. Um, um, in Ireland, our native, there's really only three ty- native woodland types and they they're all revolve around broadleaf trees. Um, so typically we would have an oak, mixed oak woodland, or an up oak, upland oak woodland, which have um, obviously oak and ash. Um, you'd have a, a hazel in the understory and uh, likes of birch and rowan. If you don't know these species of trees either, then um, it's it's something that's really worth kind of getting into and getting a wee book out with you just to kind of learn the tree species. But um, when it comes to defining ancient woodlands, it tends to be down to looking at historic maps um, and verifying whether the woodlands have been around for hundreds of years. We're actually at the top of the ridge now. Okay. You can sort of see it, it's dropping off. Yeah. Um, and the oaks tend to be just at the edge of the ridge. And if we head over hmm. this direction. I think this woodland would have had, you know, a lot more oaks throughout it. You can see it's pretty much dominated by hazel. Um, but back in the day, it would have had, you know, oaks coming up through the canopy as well. You see, I can just see one of the line of oaks just there. This may actually be it. Yeah, this is it. Uh, first year I started, it was one impressive big tree, but this limb has come off since, unfortunately. So it's it's maybe about a th- two thirds of the size it, it used to be. And it's on quite a steep verge on the hill here. Yeah. Yeah. Would this that have any impact on the continued growth of it, or why it would have not lost one of the limbs? I don't think particularly. You know, you do get a lot of uh, oak woodlands on these steep slopes because they were. Um, just unmanageable as agricultural land. So a lot of our ancient woodlands tend to be in these slopes because you couldn't really get a tractor onto them, you know, oh, or, okay. or till them. But they would have, they grow perfectly well in the flat ground, but it just happens to be all our, a lot of our remnant woodlands are on these steeper um, marginal pieces of ground, often along stream sides and gullies as well. And a lot of them have gone missing off. Uh, they're not recorded in maps. So there could be more of these little pockets around the country that we're not aware of. I come across little slivers all the time, just a wee small bank along a stream of uh, diversity of plants and a couple of old trees. You can tell it's been there a long time, but it's just this tiny little remnant of the old landscape. Unfortunately, there is a big stem that's come down off McCartney's Oak. It's, um, it's probably about 250, 300 years old, this tree. Um, there's not many like it in this site. There's maybe 10 oaks. Um, or so, but this is the biggest and most significant one. Um, oaks actually, um, they're known for being one of the most valuable trees in, in the woodland because they can harbour over a thousand different species of invertebrates and other plants. Um, and you can see certainly that the uh, main branches are covered in moss and other vegetation. Yeah. 
is that part of the wider oak kind of ecosystem that allows those invertebrates to yeah definitely um, we call plants that grow on trees epiphytes and i can see also you've got uh, polypody fern there as well which you would find in, in ancient woodland and there's honeysuckle working its way up and um, sometimes you even get uh, young trees forming in little nooks as well um, in, in really old trees uh, oaks are typically known to grow for about 300 years and then they sit for 300 years and then they decline for 300 years so you can get up to a thousand year, year old oaks these older trees like this have seen massive changes in the landscape during their lifetimes as it were could you talk much about the changes that have happened in this landscape in the last few hundred years it's thought that I mean, the whole island of Ireland was wooded from one end to the other. Um, you know, it's it's debatable be, or about the nature of that because we had the likes of the giant Irish elk, which had 14 foot wide antlers, and probably required some open space. But um, the thought was that a squirrel could, you know, run, go from one end of Ireland to the other without touching the ground. And obviously, we have so little left of that. It is a lost landscape that's difficult to imagine now. Today. Northern Ireland has one of the lowest levels of woodland cover of any country in Europe. Only 8% of the land is forested here, which compares shockingly to the European average of 46%. And the vast majority of the woodland we do have is from recent planting. Of that 8%, only 0.08% is ancient woodland. Places like Drumnyaf, which are among our most ecologically valuable and vulnerable landscapes, have almost disappeared completely. So our ancient woodlands are in a seriously precarious situation. It is far from inconceivable that they could completely disappear from Northern Ireland during our lifetime. This would not only mean the loss of a rare and extremely diverse habitat, but also the loss of a place of huge cultural importance. Ancient woodlands are at the very roots of our culture entangled in the myths and legends of Ireland and Britain. The author Robert Poe Carson has suggested that forests are the shadow of civilization and hold the key to understanding our origins as a species. As early humans developed and emerged from the primordial forests to settle and cultivate the land, they came to see the margins of the forest as the border between what was human or cultured and what was wild and untamed a boundary that could no longer be transgressed. Nowadays, this separation from wild nature is deeply ingrained in all of us. If we lose our ancient woodlands now, we risk losing one of the increasingly few connections to wild nature, and the last remaining threads of memory to a time that our species lived in a truly ecological way. I spoke with Gronya Matthews, Government Affairs Officer with the Woodland Trust, about the lack of legal protections for ancient woodlands and how we can use Brexit to shift the debate around these precious habitats. Themselves, no. So ancient um, woodland doesn't actually enjoy any protection and that's one of the things that um, has been a real, I suppose, a real failure of the European protections. Um, what kind of protection would actually benefit these ancient woodlands? Um, well, I suppose most people think that designation would be great, but in and of itself, designation doesn't actually mean anything. So unless it's um, it's backed up by a very appropriate and uh, productive management plan, 
it won't actually do anything. So what we're asking for, I suppose, is that uh, protection is in the form of um, very specific legislation. So in terms of planning policy, we would call for any damage or loss to ancient woodland to be wholly exceptional in terms of planning. So, you know, 0.08% is so low that really we cannot afford to lose any more. Is there a real risk presently that we're totally at the brink with ancient woodland and it could just disappear? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as I said, they're in such small pockets that I suppose people don't maybe see them, see the loss of them as that big a deal because they're really not that large an area. But that's where the biggest threat is that actually people don't value the small pockets that we have. And because they don't have any protection, then there is nothing to stop people destroying them and losing them altogether. So, um, I suppose some people might say, why not just let it go, focus on other aspects? What's the importance of ancient woodland that it needs to be protected? Um, ancient woodland is an incredible habitat for biodiversity. So this biodiversity has evolved over hundreds, if not thousands of years. And that's something that just can't be recreated by planting trees somewhere else. Tree cover provides so many benefits, some that we don't even see and probably really don't value. So in terms of like ecosystem services, they clean the air, they clean the water, they stop the flow of water. So they're really great for flooding alleviation they provide wildlife corridors and they reduce heat in terms of um, climate adaptation and they're they provide beautiful areas in terms of recreation as well as well as the direct conservation management on the ground as it were within ancient woodland within working with communities and farmers and landowners to try and protect ancient woodland what are the real policy needs right now from your perspective so about 10 years ago the woodland trust did an ancient woodland inventory so we well surveyed all of northern ireland to identify all of the ancient woodland that still remains and so as we move to the case of planning responsibility going from the department of infrastructure to each of the councils and each of the councils developing their own plan and policy it's really important that the data that they have and the basis on which they're making these planning decisions is actually up to date and um, fit for purpose and if they're looking at data that's 10 years old and may not even be complete then that's something that we really need to look at. Given that European protections haven't done an awful lot for ancient woodland in Northern Ireland in the first place and woodlands haven't been protected, is Brexit actually going to affect ancient woodlands directly? Well it could because it provides an opportunity where we can actually bring in a really fit for purpose environmental protection for these very rare, very sensitive and very important habitats in Northern Ireland. A lot of the regulations and policies from Europe that actually had a detrimental impact on it came through the agriculture policy, where a lot of farmers were encouraged to remove trees and hedgerows to get rid of potentially ancient and long-established woodland on their farms to return land to more arable or grazing purposes. And so we did lose a lot through that. If we were able to put in place the kind of those kind of policies and supports that were very Northern Ireland specific and benefited not only the farmer but as well as the environment, then it could be an incredible um, windfall, I suppose. With the right protections in place through legislation and governance, we can slow down the alarming rate at which we are losing our ancient woodlands and finally stop it. We can find legal recourse to block, mediate or reroute infrastructure projects that threaten woodlands that are centuries old. But it isn't just about the right policies. We also need people like Michael to keep working on the ground, planning and managing woodlands to make them more resilient to environmental change, agriculture and infrastructure developments. The work that Michael and his colleagues at the Woodland Trust carry out 
requires the kind of long-term thinking that is too often missing in our politicians and profit seekers. Do you find it strange making plans that will probably come to fruition long after you've passed? Probably think I've got used to it now because I've been in it a few years. I don't think about it as much, but if I've got, to, I've come to terms with the fact that my work uh, will, the value of it, I won't get to see. And uh, for anybody working in the environment or woodlands, foresters, they've got to think at least a hundred years ahead, if not more. But yeah, I think. Um, We've probably come to a turning point. I mean, in Ireland, it was down to 1% in 1900 for woodland cover. So we're starting to increase, um, which is good. Uh, I hope in a couple of hundred years time, we'll have stopped any further loss of ancient woodland and increased our woodland cover to a healthy uh, and manageable sort of amount. While we cannot create new ancient woodlands, we can stop them from becoming a memory from a time gone by. And even if we cannot raise our ancient woodland coverage above the 0.08% in Northern Ireland, we can at least stop that coverage from getting any lower. If we don't, a few bad planning decisions could wipe them out forever. While many environmentalists are alarmed with the legislation and governance that the environment risks losing after Brexit, there is in fact an opportunity to redesign our environmental and agricultural policies. What can people who are concerned about the state of ancient woodlands in Northern Ireland directly do about it? Is it possible to engage with MLAs now, even though they're not sitting and so on, or with other bodies? Absolutely. I mean, it's always possible to engage. Uh, the Woodland Trust actually has a campaign at the minute where you can write to the Secretary of State, Karen Bradley, and just highlight to her the impact of um, ancient woodland and the need to review the ancient woodland inventory to ensure that data is up to date. But in terms of engaging with your MLA, absolutely, I would say there's a piece of ancient woodland pretty much in every constituency across Northern Ireland. Um, and this is something that uh, constituents and the public should be aware of and should be able to go out and enjoy. And if they feel that this is something that their MLA should be taking notice of, then absolutely. Um, feel free to contact the Woodland Trust if there's any particular points that they, they want to raise or any information that they want, but they should be going to their MLA and saying, this is something that should be on our radar, this is something that we should be protecting, and this is something that I want you to work on. We have a once-in-a-generation opportunity to change the laws around how ancient woodlands are protected and ensure that this rare and vital habitat is not lost forever. But this opportunity for change also means that protections could get worse. That's why we all need to make it very clear to our political representatives that we want stronger protection for our ancient woodlands, that we want better, more environmentally focused planning decisions, and that 0.08% of ancient woodland coverage is not acceptable. You can click on the link in the episode description to take part in the campaign that Gronya mentioned. Or, if your podcast player doesn't show the link, simply search Save Ancient Woods Northern Ireland into a search engine and you should find a link to the Woodland Trust's campaign action. Follow the Nature Matters NI campaign online to see how you can get involved in shipping a better future for nature in Northern Ireland. We're on Twitter at Nature Matters NI and you can find a link to our website in the podcast description. Nature Matters. Subscribe and follow us.